the Bible Study Podcast, episode 376. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Psalms with Psalm 35. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're continuing on with Psalm 35 today. As I mentioned last week, this is a psalm where David is asking God to fight on his behalf. And it goes like this. Contend, Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take up shield and armor. Arise and come to my aid. Brandish spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Say to me, I am your salvation. May those who seek my life be disgraced and put to shame. May those who plot my ruin be turned back in dismay. May they be like chaff before the wind, and with the angel of the Lord driving them away. May their path be dark and slippery, with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. Now, David has a very specific request in this psalm, as we will see continued throughout the rest of the psalm, and that is that God would fight for him. And David obviously was in situations where that was very real. When he talks about people who seek his life, he's not talking about people who steal his parking place or who sabotaged his promotion at work or who wrote him a nasty email. He's talking about people who literally seek his life. And so he asks God for help. He asks God for aid. And that is certainly one of the common themes, as we have seen already in Psalms, is this prayer to God when we're in trouble, and in this particular case, when we're in trouble because somebody is attacking us. Now, I don't know how often this is applicable for you in your daily life, but it is certainly still applicable for Christians in some parts of the world. And certainly as part of my prayers every day, I try and remember those who are under persecution for their faith or who are dying for their faith. As certainly we have seen happen this year, for instance, in the Islamic State that has risen in Iraq, in rural parts of India. We've seen people on trial for their faith in Sudan. And so there are certainly places where being a Christian puts your life at risk. Not risk of social ridicule, but risk of death or torture. And certainly in that case, this kind of prayer is an appropriate prayer, but also an appropriate prayer, I think, for the rest of the church. For those of us who go to church in peace, to remember the parts of our Christian body that are still under threat, that are still being attacked. When one turns the other cheek and when one fights back is a difficult thing to know, but certainly David's prayer that God would contend with those who contend with us or who contend with his church is still an appropriate prayer. And David is appealing to a God who he knows has power. A God whose shield and armor are strong, and so he is saying, brandish your javelin and your spear, you know, take up the weapons that you have and come to my aid, because you can help. Because basically, I know that if you are on my side, that those who attack me will be like the chaff in the wind, with the angel of the Lord driving them away. God is a powerful God, and and the psalmist, I said David, sorry, this is not a psalm of David, is saying, God, use your power to protect me. Continuing on, since they hid their net for me without cause, and without cause dug a pit for me, may ruin overtake them by surprise. May the net they hid entangle them, may they fall into the pit to their ruin. Then my soul will rejoice in the Lord and delight in his salvation. My whole being will exclaim, Who is like you, Lord? You rescue the poor from those too strong for them, the poor and the needy from those who rob them. 
So the psalmist is saying here that he was ambushed. He was ambushed by those who were out to get him and asks that God turn that, that they would be hoist by their own petard, if you will, that they instead will fall into the pit, that they instead will fall into the net. And what the psalmist is counting on is that character of God, that God cares for those who don't have the strength to care for themselves, that he rescues the poor from those too strong for them. We see the theme continually, especially in the Old Testament, that God cares for the poor and the widow and the orphan. We see it a lot in the prophets because they are those who don't have the strength to contend for themselves. We see the charges for the people of God in the Old Testament, Israel, and the New Testament, the church, to be a voice for those, to be a protection for those who God cares for, who can be overwhelmed by those who are too strong for them. And so the psalmist says, I know that you care for those people. I know that you care for those who don't have the strength to care for themselves. Care for me in that way now. Ruthless witnesses come forward. They question me on things I know nothing about. They repay me evil for good and leave me like one bereaved. And yet, yet when they were ill, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. When my prayers returned to me unanswered, I went about mourning as though for my friend or brother. I bowed my head in grief as though weeping for my mother. But when I stumbled, they gathered in glee. Assailants gathered against me without my knowledge. They slandered me without ceasing. Like the ungodly, they maliciously mocked. They gnashed their teeth at me. So the psalmist here is talking about there were people who that when they were sick, I mourned for them. When they were sick, I prayed for them. When they were sick, I went about as if they were my friend and brother. And yet... Now they are saying evil things about me, yet now they are lying about me. They are bearing false witness against me, and yet now they are gathering in glee when I am in trouble, when I stumbled. And we don't know what it was that the psalmist did that stumbled, whether the psalmist did something wrong, or whether the psalmist just had a setback, a business opportunity that went sour, but these are not true friends, obviously. But the interesting thing is that the psalmist isn't praying about strangers. The psalmist isn't saying that the enemies that are opposing him are people unknown to him. They are people he thought of as friends. And how doubly hurtful that would be when friends are not friends. We often fear violence from strangers, and yet so often when violence does come into our lives, it comes in through those we love. It comes in through abusive spouses or parents. It comes in through thoughtless children. How doubly hurtful that is. And that is what the psalmist is dealing with. How long, Lord, will you look on? Rescue me from their ravages, my precious life from these lions. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. Among the throngs I will praise you. Do not let those gloat over me who are my enemies without cause. Do not let those who hate me without reason maliciously wink the eye. They do not speak peaceably, but devise false accusations against those who live quietly in the land. They sneer at me and say, aha, aha, with their own eyes, we have seen it. One of the things that I read this psalm and I think of is that we are not called to be those who are waiting to find people in sin. We are not called to be those who rejoice in other people's failings, whether whether of their own fault or not. We are called to be better than that. We are called to be graceful people. 
I think of difficult situations that we face in everyday life like that. When we have friends who get divorced and one has clearly been unfaithful to the other, it is very easy for us to judge that one. It is very easy for us to judge that friend and to cut them off. When that rebellious child walks away from parents, it's very easy for us to side with the parents and cut off that child. It's very easy for us to judge, and we are not called to judge. We are called to be gracious people as God is gracious to us. We are called to be people who understand that people are imperfect and don't judge and don't revel when they are judged. And also don't gossip about it. Don't take the glee that this psalmist is seeing in those around him who maliciously wink the eye. One is looking at the other one and and winking, basically saying, yep, see, I told you, I always told you that he would get what he deserved. That is not the people we are called to be. Lord, you have seen this. Do not be silent. Do not be far from me, Lord. Awake and rise to my defense. Contend for me, my God and Lord. Vindicate me in your righteousness, Lord my God. Do not let them gloat over me. Do not let them think, aha, just what we wanted. Or say, we have swallowed him up. May all who gloat over my distress be put to shame and confusion. May all who exalt themselves over me be clothed with shame and disgrace. May those who delight in my vindication shout for joy and gladness. May they always say, The Lord be exalted, who delights in the well-being of his servant. My tongue will proclaim your righteousness, your praises, all day long. I pray this week that if people are gloating over you, that God will contend for you against them. I pray this week that you and I would not be found to be that kind of friend. This has been the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take, but I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the Team Us podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.